0: Our goal hasn't changed since 2009. We support, promote, engage, and inspire the arts community by igniting the ghost light that shines on the stages of the up and coming, the unsung heroes, the brilliant writers, and the dynamic designers. Stay tuned. Rep Radio is on the air. Welcome to Rep Radio. I'm your host, Darnell Bradford, and today I am in a familiar place. I'm in the Langworthy Lounge at Walnut Street Theatre, and I'm here with two wonderful ladies who are uh, <laughs> uh, carrying, leading, uh, storming through as super troopers <laughs> through the production of Mamma Mia uh, here at Walnut Street Theatre, which is, um, has been extended, is now running through July 22nd, and um, I will have them introduce themselves.
1: Hi, my name is Laura Gickness and I play Sophie Sheridan in Mamma Mia. My name is Ann Brummel, and I play Donna Sheridan
2: in <laughs> Mamma Mia.
0: So, welcome to Rep Radio. Um, <laughs> I thought I was sitting in the theater, and uh, I've seen the movie, and I don't know if I've necessarily seen uh, Mamma Mia live mm-hmm. on stage, but... Uh, someone has produced Mamma Mia for years in Philadelphia. I think it was on the on the waterfront. There was a there was a group that always produced it, and uh, mm-hmm. there was always someone I would talk to that says, "Yeah, and I'm doing Mamma Mia." <laughs> everywhere. where? Like, but where? You know. And I think everybody. I think almost anywhere you go, someone is producing Mamma Mia, and uh, it's just this feel good musical. Yeah. It's about fun, and uh, you know, it's sexy. It's like this little bit of. There's this fun confusion that's going on around, but ultimately it's about it, you, you know, it's um, it's sort of it's supported by the music of Abba, and whether you are a hardcore Abba fan, uh, you cannot um, resist some of these songs, and you definitely know them. Whether you want to admit it or not, you might have the play. You might have it on your playlist, or it might just stumble in there. Um, but. Uh, but for the past 20 years or so, Mamma Mia has been, uh, you know, on a stage somewhere. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's here because uh, uh, I just think it, it's just a, a fun way to end the season and sort of welcome in the summer because it's like a peachy theme and everything is good like that. Um, so since this is your first time on Rep Radio, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? And uh, we'll start with Laura.
1: Well, let's see. I, um, I've i worked at The Walnut quite a bit now. I've been so blessed to be able to be given these opportunities. Um, I guess my first real main stage production was, I was Sandy in Greece here mm-hmm. back in, I think that was 2014. Yeah. Um, I got to work in the studio uh, with Bad Jews, which was uh, such a great experience. <laughs> that show needs to be put on more. Both shows were extended, right? I think yeah, Bad Jews went on forever. Yeah, like yeah. it sold really well, surprisingly, mm-hmm. too. Um, such a great such a great show. And then, um, high society in the main stage to, um, sister act a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And then, um, I took last year to go work for Disney on a cruise line. Cause they were, um, they put frozen on the cruise, like the actual mm-hmm. performance before it went to Broadway. And, um, I remember my agency was like, you should probably jump on that. Cause cruise <laughs> life, I feel like would not have been for me. I did, I, I never thought about doing it. Um, But Frozen's going to be so huge and has been so huge. I mean, Mm -hmm. unless you've been living under a rock, honestly. Um, And I got to play Anna, and it was incredible, such a great learning experience that the show is incredibly difficult, but in the best challenging way ever. (laughs) And then um, I'm lucky enough to be playing Sophie alongside this Broadway diva, and I, I couldn't be happier. It's just such a great show to, I mean, I guess kick off or actually end the season here for The Walnut. I think it's a really great period for it. Uh, yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> right my man. turn.
2: Um, I have never worked at Walnut. Um, so welcome. Thank you. I've Walnut been Day to War. Walnut because my my dad is also a performer and he's been here several times work, uh, doing shows on the main stage. And so I knew Walnut Street and I went to school in Philadelphia at University of the Arts for... A little
1: bit, <laughs>
2: not a full hi, four hi. years, but for for I I said hi, um, <laughs> but my story is I um I've toured a lot I've I I was part of a little show called Wicked for just really just a little a show little. I even it it's <laughs> not I, it's not gonna last super okay. long um, okay. no I was part of Wicked I started in two thousand and eight actually my first performance was the night. Obama was elected in Chicago mm. so I was in the Chicago company so that was my that marked my first totally night in wicked
1: played.
2: well I started when I started wicked I was in the ensemble and mm. I understudied Alphaba and then I that company closed and we went on tour we started the second national tour and I was still the understudy for a year and then I took over the role as standby for another year to Alphaba and then I took over the role of Alphaba for about another year year and a half, maybe, year and some change. And then I took a little break, and then I uh, was the standby in the Broadway production of Wicked. Mm. So I had a long journey with Wicked, um, and once that was sort of done, I had never really done a lot of regional theater because I've always done really long, never-ending contracts, which is fun. Um, But I started to do some regional theater, which is exciting because you know, when you get plugged into a long-running show, you sort of follow a map that's already been laid out, you know? Mm -hmm. And doing work from start to finish with a project, I was like, oh, I get to come up with ideas and, like, you know, do things on my own and figure things out. So um, I had a connection to Riverside Theater, which is where this production of Mamma Mia sort of started. Mm -hmm. Um, I just recently did The Mystery of Edwin Drood for them. Mm -hmm. And from that, uh, fate sort of brought me into the mamma mia family here.
0: Yeah. Well that's great. And uh, and also Grease uh, was in uh, product, produced in association yeah. with Riverside Side Grease
1: well. and Sustract. Yeah. That's such a great contract cuz you get to kind of skip the harsh winter, a little bit of it. Yeah, you spend yeah. Your, your winter Hangout in Hang out at the beach, yeah, yeah. and then f- come back to sunny Philly. I was
0: uh, definitely thinking about that. I said, you know, what what's the difference besides you were taking your breaks on a beach, and now you're taking your bre- breaks in a park? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah Yes. Yeah. And it's nice. Right, I'm spaces. a New York-based <clears throat> performer, so it's it's nice to be close to home. You know, a lot of times when you go away to do a show, it's like, you're in California, or you're in Colorado, and... So it's nice. I'm married and, you know, have dogs. And it's nice to be able on my day, days off to hop on a train and in an hour and a half I can be home, which is delightful.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so tell us about Mama Mia.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, It's a,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, it's a romp.
2: <laughs> it is. It is. You know, it's funny. I, um, this is my second time doing Mama Mia and I will, I will admit that when I first auditioned for Mamma Mia in the first production that I did, I remember thinking like, oh, Mamma Mia. You know, it's so silly. I remember seeing it on Broadway and it was fun and I had a good time, but I was like, whatever. And then I got the job and I fell head over heels in love with the character of Donna. Um, I think, you know, the basics of it is, it's about a mom and a daughter, a single mom and her kid. You know, they live on this Greek island Um, The mom runs a hotel. The daughter's getting married. And we don't know who her father is, right? And my daughter finds out that there's three possible dads. Her mom was having a little bit of fun back in the day (laughs) and doesn't really know who the father is. Um, So there's three possibilities. My daughter writes to them, finds this out and writes to them and invites them to come to the island for her wedding, unbeknownst to me. So obviously... The fun that ensues and the mishaps and the, you know, hiding people and why are these people here, um, you know, have a really lighthearted nature to them. But I think also at the core of it, it's about, you know, you get to see these three 40 something year old women, you know, these three friendships. You get to see young relationships, older relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, heartbreak. You get to sort of you get a taste of everything in this show, I think. And then there's really catchy songs and you clap along and, you know, it, it all has a sense of humor about it. But I think there's a lot of heart at okay. the end of the day to the story.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so t- Tell us a little bit about Sophie.
1: All right. Well, let's see. <laughs> I feel like I really enjoy the character of Sophie because I feel like she's fairly spunky and independent. She clearly gets it from her mother. And, um, you know, if she wanted something done. She wants her father at her wedding. So she's like, I'm going to find out on my own who my father is. So she snoops in her mom's diary, which is already a little pushing it, <laughs> finds these men, finds their addresses, like, very independent, going and doing it, figuring it out. All before, like... Google, YouTube, yeah, like YouTube. That's
2: how old I am. I'm like all before YouTube, all, all before, before like Google. Dial-up. Yeah, there was no, there was no computers. so... Mm-hmm. There's no dial-up modem. So it was you. Know, for you. So
1: yeah, Strong I did some effort. serious. I went to the card catalog. I went and, searched and found their addresses. Invited them. Kind of. I mean, it's all out of love, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Sophie. I think she's super caring. You see a side of her, um, I, I feel like right in the beginning, you see the relationship with her mother and how they act, and you can tell it's just been them, like their whole lives. It's so important. And they're obviously number one in each other's lives, and all these people are kind of secondary. Very important, but like the core of the family structure, like the family is what's really important in the show, in my opinion. And... Sophie knows how important that is, and I feel like you get to see a really sensitive side, you get to see a really fun and silly side she has with her girlfriends that come to visit, you see her putting on her wedding dress with her mom, I love the arc she has in finding herself, she even says that in the show, um, so it's definitely not a one note character, it's really challenging as well, the singing is super fun, um, so Sophie's a blast, very lucky.
0: I think, and I think it's interesting when there is an absent father, but there is an there's an interest to know him. Because uh, I think in real life, and, well, not, I mean, there's also this other side where there's just absolute hatred for an absent father. Mm -hmm. And there is no interest in trying to fix or repair or or give a shot at redemption there. But uh, she is here, and she's clearly independent. She's been brought up to be independent, but she's ready to move on with her life, but she feels like she needs to have her father be a part of it in some way. Yeah, and uh, and usually you're thinking, like, uh, I'm, I'm done. My father wasn't here, so I don't need to really have him.
2: It's thing. funny. I actually haven't thought of it in it's that really way. But I feel like knowing the characters the way that we do now, I don't know that Donna would ever... I don't think it would ever have been a situation of like, oh, well your father left. Yeah. I think these two women, I I think Donna has raised Sophie pretty open and honestly. And I don't think she was up front and said, I slept with three men and I have no clue who it is. Sorry, kid. But I think she, I think Donna would have raised her in the sense that like, I don't know who it is, you know? And eventually Sophie could surmise that like, you Mm -hmm. know, there may have been more than one, but I think she's always just sort of raised her like it's us and we're cool the way we are. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I don't think it was ever... I think the needing to know is probably something more within Sophie. and mm-hmm. But their family connection, I think, was so strong. But I, I don't think it ever came from a place of like, well, he took off. I don't yeah. think there would have been yeah. any negativity around the father aspect. I think it was just... I mean, we obviously pick up long after those conversations had happened, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it would have just been something that was...
1: Yeah, because he's not, not here, Because yeah. like, of all of the, all the, when they come, there's never like, oh, you're this one. Yeah. And I mean, it's like <clears throat> a fun, you know, we do like, thank you for the music and everyone's like fun, like hanging around and smiling. And like, it's never like, there's never a dark cloud over well, what you did you, to my mother.
2: And when you find the diary, except for Sam, who mm-hmm. is sort of the lost love it was all like, oh my gosh, this night was so fun. Oh my gosh, this night was so fun. And then the Sam thing was, was he's the one, but he did. kind of yeah. broke my heart, you know? So, again, even the way that Sophie gets introduced to these men, it's not, it's exciting. It's fun. It could be any one of
1: these men. She had a great time with all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So. That's when the girls are like, bastard, typical men. It's yeah. like, hang on, she's got more. It's yeah. not like, it's not even about them. Yeah. It's about you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to get to the dynamos, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, be, but before that, um, uh, some of the things I, I really, it makes me think about this piece in terms of 2018 standards mm-hmm. is that, um, there is, there's a, there's this thought of lost love there, but there's also this revelation of, it was a tough situation. At the at the point, it was like he was already committed. However, you know this happened, and he he had to let it happen, and sort of carried it with him throughout his life. And there's even a conversation that he tried to make this work, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, I did all well for besides having <laughs> a quick fling. Well, uh, he, he came he back. He did to come make back. It work, yeah, uh, with with his uh who he was committed to and he had a family and moved on but he always still had this carried this flame Mm -hmm. you know and the fact that it over those many years it's still there and it's still very strong was you know it said something
2: well i think i think that happens a lot i actually in my personal world know a situation similar to that Mm -hmm. of You know, two people who had feelings hundreds of years ago for each other and went separate ways and life happens, you know, things pull people apart, but you always sort of in the back of your mind, it's that what if, you know, and Sam does come back for her. He does come back. He breaks, he breaks off his engagement and Mm -hmm. comes back. I don't know this because I've already taken off with one of the other guys that we have in our story. Mm -hmm. Um, So he thinks, well, obviously she's not worried about me. So he goes back home and honors his commitment and, you know, does what he feels he quote unquote should do. And um, I think that happens a lot in life. I think people stay in relationships because they should, they think they should because it's easier, it's comfortable. The, the option of not seems very, it seems like a really tall mountain to climb. There's kids involved. And I think sometimes, you know, you see people who get divorced after like 40 years of marriage and you're like, now, you know, I think it's at some point in life, I think it's, you kind of go, Ugh, I got to live my life, you yeah. know? Um, so I think it's a story that, that people, especially older people, older people can identify with, whether it's them, whether it's a friend, whether it's, you know, um, something super personal or something that they've witnessed in somebody else's life. I I think, I think it's a very honest telling of relationships. You know, it doesn't sugarcoat Uh, things, you know, not all marriages work out and sometimes it's okay. But I think what's also great about the story is it shows people who are in their, you know, roughly in their 40s, who still have a chance at love and passion and excitement and that it's not over just because you've hit a certain age, Mm -hmm. you know, you can still, I mean, the more, one of the more exciting love stories in our show is Donna and Sam, you know, typically you see young 20 somethings and that's, that's the love. It's not the older people, you know? So I think that's part of why. You know audiences enjoy it because it appeals to younger
0: and older mm-hmm. yeah. and there's so much in there's so much in the media on film and television that is um, that deals with complicated family drama mm-hmm. and those tend to be the most popular like we mm-hmm. want to see those because well, I think they're because more it makes real. you feel normal yeah you're like oh when you're okay writing, so, when it's,
2: yeah when it's the Brady Bunch you're like I don't know what that is yeah. that's not a real <laughs> thing you know yeah. but it's when like, it's like messy you're
1: like oh cool it's not just me somebody yeah. else has been through them There was like you know in Facebook like sponsored ads it's sponsored um like an MTV ad and mm-hmm. it said like um you know consider Jersey Shore for the Emmy of, like, most dysfunctional something-something. And I was like, that's a category now? Like, like a dysfunctional, like, unstructured, <laughs> like, so crazy. I think they're just
0: trying to draw your attention. <laughs> well, they did, so. But that would be a funny category. <laughs> and the award for most complicated <laughs> <laughs> drama... <Dysfunctional. laughs> Uh, dysfunctional reality or variety show.
1: Honestly, though, it's a category.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Dynamos.
1: Yes, let's.
0: <laughs> because they steal the show. What? Uh, they have, Well, I mean, they have... Actually, I feel like uh, it's a great ensemble because every time you have a focus on these characters, they, um, they... They call your attention. You're not saying, get back to, you know, this... You're like, I can live in this for a minute, because this is interesting, and I really want to see this out. But then we get back to the the core plot, and you're like, oh yeah, and this is here too. Yeah, This is so good too. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I think the dynamos are a killer example of female friendships. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two... I have two girls in my life. I have several amazing women in my life who I consider my best girlfriends. But there are two who it's always sort of the three of us. And we just went through a rough spot with one of them, you know, in life. She was going through it. And we grabbed our bottles of wine and we, you know, we we did everything we could do to be ridiculous and cheer this person up and go through this difficult time with them. Mm-hmm. And... You look at the dynamos, and that 's exactly what they do there 's humor there 's you know these women know everything about each other they have been through it all. there is nothing that any one of them can say that is going to shock the other that is going to make the other judge them. It is a really beautiful example of like what really great female friendship so is about different
1: too. they're all they 're so all
2: very different, different. Yeah. they 've grown in different ways, mm-hmm. but they are. They're best friends and it really, I think they're a really great example yeah. of mm-hmm. best friendship because they're, they're there for each other when they need to be, they get, they get each other. Um, you know, I think Chiquitita, when Donna comes in and is distraught and has even kept a secret from them, which I think for her is probably a huge thing. Yeah. Um, but they don't miss a beat, yeah. you know, they're, they're they They go at it with humor instead of like, oh my god, how could you not tell us that you yeah. did this? It's oh, you dark horse, you. Good for yeah. you. Okay, so there's three possibilities. Fine, let's move on. It's all going to be fine. Yeah. And I really think that's what I think that's a good depiction of female <laughs> friendship. Um, and I think again, I go back to this thing of like you know, it's not young 20 year olds. I think Mamma Mia shows a side of, of older women that you don't get to see very often mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. I think you see it more in television and film. Um, but on stage, it's not always highlighting the later portion in life yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it, it's a smaller category of musicals. And I think it's it just shows, like, a joyous, silly side and, again, reminds you that, like life is fun and silly and hard and you get through with with the people who you know who love you and, and you surround themselves with i think yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and uh <laughs> um Let's talk a little bit about the men. <laughs> <That was bad. laughs> the men. The men. so the thing I notice here is that the the men appear to be on display. And that's usually sort of the um it's, it's they definitely The, the, the opposite direction. where the where the women are usually on display. Clothing optional. Kind of, yeah. You know, but,
1: oh boy, yeah. And
0: it's and it's fun too, because I feel like I feel like even as their characters, they're aware. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But as but also as actors, they're aware as well, and it just makes it um, so much fun to see how all that's going on and how the audience just kind of responds to it. Mm. <laughs> and there's so many Your men man men, but is they really still on display. End up-
1: yes, Skylar Conway plays Sky. <laughs> it's like it's meant for him. Yeah, and he's my fiance and. Not only because I know he gets comments a lot about his physique, but not only is he an amazing, you know, body image, (laughs) his voice is incredible, Mm -hmm. super sincere acting and um, just a great partner to work against, which isn't always the case. Um, But that aside, (laughs) one of the reviews, I think it was like uh, like the. I don't remember, but they said like uh, Adonis would pale in comparison. (laughs) (laughs) And it was incredible. Like, he is very easy to look at and a nice little sparkle on stage for the women (laughs) and the men to look at. Um, And there's a number, Lay All Your Love on Me, and it's Skylar and um, Sophie. And they're just, it's very flirty and and very sexy. And then all of a sudden you get like bum rushed with. Uh, the groomsmen, there's like like twelve of them that come in mm-hmm. with uh, wetsuits and flippers. Like the bachelor yeah. party, yeah, yeah. They're like they're they're high energy. Some of them don't have tops on. And they're <laughs> dancing with these flippers, which is insanely difficult. Oh my god,
0: yeah, and and the audience uh, goes nuts over that because I think out. they realize how complicated that dance sequence has to be and the fact that they are just killing it. So well, yeah, Yeah. so
1: well. And they're all (laughs) smiling and being silly and you can see it in the audience, like everyone's smiling and laughing along with them because it's supposed to be funny and silly and make you feel great. Um, And they're all like banging. All of that, they are (laughs) like always at the gym. They look so, this is, I mean, alone if you want to come for the eye candy. It is serious. (laughs) Um, but beautiful, beautiful, talented I'm not men. Not
0: going to words. There's I just a had, really I just had a friend see
1: here, the show, but. and she asked. She's like, "Were abs a
0: requirement at
2: the audition? <laughs> for real? <laughs> for real? It's so true."
0: But even, even uh, because you've all been a part of this since um, you know it. It's, it started its run in Riverside mm-hmm. in April, but you were probably attached to it for maybe two months before that, a month or two before that. So you've been working at this for so long. So even if you didn't have them at yeah <laughs> at the first rehearsal, you have them now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This workout.
1: It's insane.
0: Um, so, uh, Ava. Yes. Tell me, like, it has to be like I can't. I can't imagine that you go backstage and you're completely just out of this like reaching for your phone, texting friends, or what have you. You know, there's so much energy here. And I'm I'm sure once you get really comfortable, there probably are some moments, but for the most part, you're basically saying, like, you're still in this. Uh, So are any any of these songs, like, just sticking with you in everything you do now? Or were they there from the beginning?
2: I mean, I think... Some of them are definitely earworms. Like there are yeah. days. I think we've. I, I know for me, like I, we've been doing this long enough now that I. I'm pretty good at like, shutting it off. Shutting it off when you leave, yeah. which I think is a good thing to do in life. Um, <laughs> just when you're doing a show for a long run. Um, but I mean, I am hyper aware of how many times like I've walked into, you know, a restaurant to get food or a store and you hear "Dancing Queen." You hear. You know, I, I don't think I was ever so aware of how present their music still is. Yeah. Um, and that's a testament to them. It's a testament to their music. They wrote a catchy, catchy tune. I mean, like it or not. And, um, you know, I think also with the movie, I think we're like inundated Mm. with Mamma Mia. Mm -hmm. And so it's everywhere. And people love love this show. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's an easy show. I get hyped up every night the second that, you know, that overture the starts. Overture. I mean, it's such a killer overture, and our orchestra is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, some of it is, like, it's hard not to get amped up. I mean, Dancing Queen, you know, I sort of start Dancing Queen on the bed, and, like, I don't get to see everyone's face right away. But when I jump up and join in, like... To see the audience, it's like, ugh, you know, we have people up in the balcony or like in their seats, like waving their arms and clapping along. And, um, you know, we do the mega mix at the end and people just go nuts. They love it. And I think, you know, I think what we're seeing today is a testament of why Mamma Mia worked when it opened. Um, I don't know if you know, but Mamma Mia was in rehearsal. What's funny is I was actually doing, I was in rehearsal for a tour of Funny Girl um, and I was on the same floor as Mama Mia when they were rehearsing for the Broadway production mm. and we were there, um, in rehearsal, all of us, Mama Mia and funny girl, the day that, um, the twin towers were struck mm-hmm. and I still get emotional talking about it. Um, you know, cell phone service was down. Um, there was nothing, we, we all had gotten to rehearsal in some way. Um, they had been hit while I was en route to rehearsal. Um, so I, I knew something was wrong. We all knew something was wrong at that point. Um, and we sort of all spent the day trying to go on with our day, but not really sure what was happening. And I remember that, um, mama Mia, somebody in their cast had a radio. Um, and so we were hearing sort of what was happening via radio because you know, it wasn't cell phones didn't have Google alerts or anything like you didn't know you were, the radio was all we had. And so Mama Mia opened shortly after 9-11, and I think it was just a fun, forget what's happening, mm-hmm. be silly, enjoy. It's not political. There's no strong, like, you know, you don't go in going, oh, I really got to think about this. Yes, like, so you, don't, you sure. don't have to dissect the show. It's pretty straightforward, fun, heart, silly, mm-hmm. laugh. All the things that people who have other stuff going on need. And I think, you know, right now I think regionally there are 31 productions of Mamma Mia happening. I mean, this season with regional theater across the country, it's unbelievable. Everyone's doing Mamma Mia. And I think... It's interesting the timing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in our country right now that I think <laughs> bums people out we and makes an it hard. It. And I think yeah. it's a show that's like, oh, cool. I can I can forget it all yeah. for two and a half hours and just yeah. enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and there's so, that multiple
1: sides, of Mama Mia. Like you can't like de- you're not debating. Yeah, much. It's, it's <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you know, I think it's I think the music is a big part of it. I think the energy is a big part mm-hmm. of it. I think so the joy yeah. is a big mm-hmm. part of why it has stood the test of time. Cause yeah. it's not, it's just asking you to come and have fun mm-hmm. yes. and nothing more.
0: Yeah. yeah yes. Um, Uh, Yes, and I can definitely relate to that because even before I uh, prepared to sit down for this, I was on my uh, social soapbox (laughs) 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 commenting about the absurdity Mm -hmm. of everything that's just happened over the past couple of days. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we need an escape. That's uh, what a lot of this brings us. And um, I had some conversations earlier about some other pieces that are going on around the city, and it's like, you know, um these are escape moments. Mm-hmm. Like, we're supposed to give ourselves mm-hmm. to this experience. We're supposed to leave outside, outside, which is why the doors close, is probably yeah. partly why you get very bad cell phone reception (laughs) here except for those key phones that always ring what did we say we were actually really clever about (laughs) telling you to turn off the cell phones like we're being fun with it but still there's calls that get through but you're in this moment where you can just kind of forget about it and for me when i walk away from theater i'm always thinking like how many blocks can i get away from this theater before I start factoring in the rest of the world, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and to say that was a great night of theater. And I look for that in everything, even the stuff that's tough. I'm still in the piece. Mm. Like I'm in in the piece in the lobby. If I'm there with a friend, we're having conversation and we're continuing our walk to wherever we're going next and we're still a part of it. And and it sticks with us. So, you know... uh, for this it's like yes and and I feel like because of our location it's very fitting it's like we're getting ready to sort of pat our backs for a good year we're about to wrap up our seasons mm-hmm. and 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 in this area we're about to head to the beach, yeah. you know, and just kind of do that and I think that this a piece like this really kind of gets us ready yeah for so. for this release, this escape, this fun that we're about mm-hmm. to have in the summer um uh, I, actually, you did touch on some audience responses, uh, which is really great. And um, do you have favorite moments in the production? Mm, and so. uh, and costumes. Are there costumes you I love? Really like my
2: costumes, I am <laughs> a lucky duck in this show. I get to be like... In the most comfortable linen Heat. pants and shirt and flat <laughs> shoes for, like, most of Act 1. It's,
0: yeah, it's super And catchy. then I'm
2: pretty much <laughs> in, like, some version of pajamas and bare feet for Act 2. <laughs> so my costumes are great because I'm really comfortable all of the time. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I love... Wearing that sparkly Megan's yeah, thing I mean, it's view. just, they're yeah. so silly and they're so fun but and they elicit uh, such a response, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. When are you going to wear a full like sequined Sequin. feather mm-hmm. jumpsuit <laughs> Yeah. ever?
1: <for laughs> yeah.
2: Um. So yeah, I love, I mean, my costumes are great. I just like being comfortable on stage. Mm-hmm. So often in shows you're like, you know, I mean, I've got some undergarments to make to make me look a little slimmer on stage <laughs> <laughs> under my under my pajamas. But, you know, I'm like barefoot and cozy the whole show, which is delightful. Um, but favorite moments, um, I really love our scene. I love the slipping through my me fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, re- it's really beautiful. Actually, I don't know if you know this, maybe you do. Um, I got married in October, it'll be two years this October. Um, And my mom walked me down the aisle, not because I didn't have father figures. I have two fabulous fathers. I have my dad and my stepdad. Um, But this was actually, it's my second marriage. And um, my mom has always been just like, she is my best friend. She's my ride Mm or die. She's, our dynamic is actually very similar to Donna and Sophie. We talk about everything, you know, I don't hide things. We, I can go to her with literally anything. Um, and we're true friends. And I called my dad's before my wedding, and they said, you know, you guys did this once before. You also <laughs> have, like, terrible knees. You're all in pain. Let me do you, babe. I said, can I ask mom? And so she, my mom walked me down the aisle. Aww. So that scene for us mm. is a really beautiful moment mm. to me. And it's also amazing, I mean, the amount of women <laughs> whose eyes I catch in the yeah. audience that are there with their daughters. Yeah. Or, I mean, just, like, wiping away these tears hands just a yeah exactly so that's a favorite yeah. of mine I mean I love the bedroom scene with the with Tanya and Rosie with mm-hmm. my two girls I think it's just it's fun it's silly it's you know yeah that's another moment I really enjoy
1: <laughs> so that's mine your turn Wait. I enjoy our scene as well. Slipping Through My Fingers is great. I love the wedding as well. Um, And all the mayhem that ensues. I really like the mega mix as well. At the end, stay. If you haven't seen the show yet, stay after we bow. We have a little special treat. (laughs) Um, And I love working with all of the dads, too. They're all so different. Um, They all have such different energies. Mm. I really enjoy um, the end of Act One. There's um, songs gimme gimme and Voulez vu and inner intertwined with the song are little vignette scenes um where the dads are realizing why they're here and they like kind of say what they have to say and then like run away or they get mm-hmm. taken away and then there's and then there's the emotional reaction that the audience gets to see that sophie has and yeah. it's hopefully funny and i like how kind of slapstick it is of information quick and then they like leave and then you're left with it. I think that's just the pace of it is so funny and fun. And the music is like really quite catchy. Um, Yeah. I really, and I love listening to the on track in the beginning of act two. um, It's the bedroom. It's in the bedroom, Sophie's bedroom and she has a nightmare, but before the lights come up, I get to be in a cozy bed. (laughs) And so I'm listening to the on track as you know, we're in a blackout and Man, that's a great entree. Yeah, listening to uh, right underneath us the orchestra. Oh, it's so good. And it starts off Act Two with such a bang. And it like just when you're tired from the, you know, intermission we have twenty minutes and you have to get hyped again and then hearing the music, you're like, Yeah, I can do it. So yeah, under attack is the nightmare scene too and all the dancers are around this bed with fog and they're dressed up kind of like um like they're in a Trojan war almost and they have swords and, and, and um what are those called? Yeah. <laughs> um, shields. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and they have this amazing choreography that's all going around us, and the lights are intense. It's, and that's a really fun one to do too. I think I um, also like "Mamma Mia." Like the, igno- the when Donna first. Oh sees yeah, people are the like three dads. Words.
0: Yeah.
1: For uh,
2: the first yeah. time, and her different reactions to each of them. So it's <laughs> like panic. A <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's
1: great show. <laughs> so everything.
0: Yeah. So um, I always I always end our. I was in my conversations by asking, um, before I used to say, what do you hope an audience takes from this experience? But then I started saying, um, what presents a sense of urgency for you as an artist? But in general, what do you like about, what do you love about your career? Um, do you wanna go
2: first? Do you want me to go first? Oh, it's whatever. You go, <laughs> you to <can> go. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. I think, what the what's so amazing about this is that actually Skylar put it well, and i 'll explain how I interpreted it, but Skylar said to me once he who plays Sky, he mm-hmm. said, You never know who needs this show. you never know who in the audience needs yeah. this experience mm-hmm. um, and I think you know sometimes as a performer and artist, you know you you do something like Mama Mia, and you think, oh, it's just fun, but you never know how something is gonna impact somebody. And I, while I was here, and this goes back to to wicked, um, on Instagram, I must have liked a photo that somebody had that came up on a thing. And this person sent me an Instagram message and I read it. And this is from, I mean, years ago, and he said, I can't believe you liked my photo. I have a picture of you on my desk at work. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and he told me the whole story about how he had seen me do Wicked in Nashville and he was in the closet and he was terrified of, you know, coming out and acknowledging who he was at the time. And he felt that if, if Anne Brummel could parade around stage in green makeup and be okay with it, well, then he could come out of the closet. And he said, you literally gave me the strength yeah. to do it.
0: Well,
2: How could I, you know, and me, I was like, what? Like, that's crazy. I didn't, you did that. I mean, but you never know who is impacted by what you do and the story you tell. Yeah. Um, we had a young girl who reached out to us, um, a few weeks ago who was coming with her mother. She was surprising her mother and she and her mother have a very special connection to this show. And it was their first time getting to see a live stage performance of it. And she's a single mom and this young girl does not know who her father is. And so they have a very strong connection. And again, like you just don't know who goes home and, and just this experience stays with them and helps give them strength or give them hope or make them see that things are okay. You just never know. And I think that's the amazing thing about what we do is that in some small way, we can impact someone's life for the better, whether we know it or not, you know, yeah. and it can sometimes seem what we do is, is silly or insignificant or just that, you know, we're just in a play. But like at the end of the day, our can inspire people to, to be better and and be stronger. And and I think the fact that we get to be a part of that is, is the biggest payoff.
0: Yeah. Well said.
1: Yeah.
2: Now follow that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I always, this is going to come, probably come off terrible, but I, I always think of (laughs) this career, the need to do this career as a sickness. I feel (laughs) like it's a disease and here's why you, don't, I, there's, there's so many cons, there's so many cons. Every job ends. You get a job, you can like celebrate it for maybe a week and then you're like, ah oh man, I gotta think about after this and I have to think about after this and there's so many other factors and, and the instability and sometimes it doesn't pay what you want and healthcare and there's so many cons. But we're sick <laughs> in a sense of, we are not happy doing anything else, we need Need to do this, yeah. um, and I'll take every con to be able to to live this journey. What's so special about this job is one: you never know where you're going to go, That's true. Mm-hmm. and m- emotionally and you know physically where you'll be. But to live, I feel like we've lived, you know, I don't know how many you know, 50, seventy lives. Like I don't, I have my own being, sure. But to be able to l- quite f- literally step into someone else's shoes and live their life and tell their story, and it could be something a little bit frivolous, like you know Sophie Sheridan, or it could be you know like a, a character that's going through you know maybe something a little bit heavier that you get to tell their story and enlighten people on issues they didn't know about in a form of the arts. So being able to and like. Um, um, what's your name again? Anne said, <laughs> 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 "Like to be able to enlighten and to teach through the arts and, and inspire through the arts and maybe learn a lesson through inadvertently while while seeing something fun. Um, I don't. It's it's very interesting and it, uh, we're so blessed to be able to to carry on these these stories and bring them to life and 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 share them." Um, being you know as we were saying before seeing these people in the audience really feel we're i've said before like this that's the reason i do it is to to have people feel an emotion they didn't think they would and i don't know just just having people feel again i feel like we're so just mannequins everybody's so sick of it they're so sick of everyone and everything and to be able to To be vulnerable to to just allow yourself to watch and feel and no one else is in your head and and no one else is watching you you're watching something and you're you can feel whatever you want in the audience you know what I mean so um there there are so many other things that are easy to do or maybe not easy but stable and relationships dwindle because this business you travel and and you know if the scheduling, you don't see each other, you got to figure out, you don't eat dinner together, it's, it's difficult, but I'll take it all, and I'm, I'm going to speak for you, too, and say that you love too, because yeah. watching her work is incredible, <laughs> and that it's just, it's our passion, we got to go for it.
0: Yeah, well, there's so much going on in the world, and uh, allow yourself to escape, and have a little fun. Come see Mamma Mia. It's on stage now through July 22nd, which is uh, just a couple of days after the sequel comes out in (laughs) theaters. So uh, you can get yourself ready (laughs) for uh, the excitement, the crazy, you know, bright, spangly, uh, uh, (laughs) just fun atmosphere uh, that is generated here by this... um, wonderfully talented ensemble uh, here at Walnut Street Theater on the main stage. Um, you can get tickets by visiting Walnut Street Theater, and that's theater, R-E, uh, org. And, uh, yeah, uh, Sarah, uh, sorry, Laura. That's
1: my sister's name. Hey. Laura Gickness yeah, and
0: Anne Brummel. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having
0: For us. being on Rap Radio and You're chatting welcome. with me. And uh, thank you for the music.
1: Yay! Oh. Hey. <laughs>
0: Rep Radio continues to be inspired by our community and listeners like you. You can support our work through our fiscal sponsor, Fractured Atlas. And through our Patreon page. Visit repradio.org donate for more. Stay tuned. You know the rest.